Hello, football fans, and welcome to NFL Fantasy Guru. Thank you for joining our podcast. My name is Joe Sindoni. In just a moment, we'll talk to Joe Pepe. He's going to be our fantasy football guru. So what this podcast is going to offer you is we're going to start everything off with major NFL news. We're going to break down some fantasy stats, go through the waiver wire, who to drop, your best matchups. Don't forget, we know you love FanDuel. We know you love DraftKings. We'll set up your matchups for the following or for the upcoming week. We'll do some pick-ems, a little head-to-head style, who's going to do better and who would best who in a game, and who would you want to put and have that fantasy matchup. So my name is Joe Sindoni. I'm a graduate of Temple University in broadcast media. Right now I'm in the hockey field as the director of broadcasting and play-by-play announcer for the Philadelphia Junior Flyers. As I mentioned, Joe Pepe will be our fantasy football guru, the graduate from Concordia University in exercise science, but he's a contributor and writer for Sports Talk Line. And if you watch some TV and you watch Total Knockout, hosted by Kevin Hart. Just a couple months ago, he won the $50,000 grand prize on TKO. So, Joe, welcome, and this is our first episode of the podcast, so it should be a good one. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, We're going to have a really fun time doing this podcast. We know you put a lot of money into your DraftKings, your FanDuel, your year-long teams. We want to make sure that you actually come home with some of that money and plus you know, a lot more. So we're going to be here. We're going to make sure that you get the best lineups. We're going to make sure you make the right trades. We're going to answer your questions as we go through it all. And yeah, maybe we'll get into things from TKO here and there, but I'm um, kind of okay with putting the dodgeballs flying in my head in the past. So yeah, let's get, let's get moving to the fantasy stuff. All right. So we're going to put down the dodgeballs and get to the footballs. So like I said, we'll lead off with Major NFL news, and we'll implicate some things in the fantasy and the fantasy realm as well. We'll start things off with Aaron Rodgers. If you didn't miss Monday night, I'm sure you saw the highlights by now. Right now, he did get a little bit injured in the big comeback against the Chicago Bears and getting the win at Lambeau Field through three touchdowns and plenty of fantasy points, just a shade under 40 points. But this week, he's going to be coming up against the Vikings. Your thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers potential injury? Right now, he's still listed as questionable. Nothing mentioned from Packers camp right now. I mean, let's first let's just talk about the fact that this man came back with one leg missing, and like he he just he he dominated a whole game. They were up, I believe, I think it was twenty to nothing at that point, and all of a sudden the Bears just forgot how to play defense. They couldn't play offense. It was like everybody was in awe of this new Willis Reed moment. But this injury is a big deal. He couldn't put any pressure on that leg, and now you're bringing in the Vikings, possibly the number one defense in the league, who's going to come all around the ankles and knees of your quarterback. You gotta worry a little bit, but at the same time, it's Aaron Rodgers. Like, do you, do you think this like changes anything for the Packers and their Super Bowl run, their chances? I mean, a couple of hits. You know, you know the Sharks in this case, the Vikings are gonna be smelling blood. They're gonna be going into Lambeau Field. It's a big rivalry game. It's Week Two. Plenty early in the season. You want to put your name out there. So, you know, you don't want to call it a bounty ball type of thing, but you know those defensive ends and that. Vikings defense is going to be rushing in hard. Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't want to say bounty bowl because Greg Williams definitely got in trouble for that once. And somehow (laughs) he has a job again, which I think is amazing, but that's a whole different story. You know what? When it comes to the fantasy purposes, if you have Aaron Rodgers, you're not dropping Aaron Rodgers unless he's out for the season. I mean, I had Aaron Rodgers last year. Everybody knows what we dealt with at that point. And you just you stash him. You have to stash him on the bottom of your bench. You don't drop Aaron Rodgers because if he does what he did last night where or Monday night technically, where he leaves and you think it's over, he comes back and he throws three touchdowns and he makes everybody look foolish. So you keep him, but I, if he's out for an extended period of time, 
the Packers have no chance. Deshaun Kaiser is not a good quarterback. I mean, if the Browns drafted you, you're not a good quarterback. That's 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 but that I mean it's just true. They have that jersey in Cleveland with like 40 names on it. It's it's just true. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> so if he does play, and obviously he could have a brace on, you know, we don't know. Just as of right now, we don't know if he's even going to play, but if he does and he has a brace, if you could predict a uh, fantasy line for him. What do you think he roundabout has touchdown yardage? What do you think? Well, I mean, he's definitely going to come out with that brace that he had on, if, you know, when he came back into the game, it looked like it had little struts on the side to keep his knee as stable as possible, which, again, from the exercise science purpose, you don't want that thing floating back and forth if there's a lot of water in it. So he's definitely going to have that brace to keep the stabilization. So he's not going to be running. That part of his game is gone. But it's amazing for Rodgers when he doesn't run, he's actually a better passer. If you notice how he hits his passes without running, even crisper than they already were. And, I mean, he's the GOAT of all GOATs in the league at the moment. If I had to predict the line against this really good defense, though, I'm looking at one touchdown, one interception, 250 yards. This is a this is the, this is is the the divisional game. These are always hard regardless. Aaron Rodgers could be 100%. Still a hard game. This is a defense to match the 2000 Ravens, to match the Steel Curtain, to match all those types of teams. I think they're going to jump the routes and they're going to pick at least one ball off. But he's Aaron Rodgers. If he's in the game, he's getting a touchdown. I can't even remember the last game he had zero touchdowns in. (laughs) All right, so plenty of news going on from Green Bay. We shift from the NFC to the AFC and another one that has been talked about a lot and everywhere it is the saga of Le'Veon Bell. Still not coming back. He's missing about $850,000 per game, so not earning that. I'll go sign. <laughs> yeah. So he's missing that out per game, but obviously with all the tweets and not coming back, said he was going to go into the practice. He didn't. That threw in a whole storm, and now the players are sounding off. But we won't get too much into that. Like we said, we want to concentrate on the fantasy side of things. So opening up week one, just talked about division games being tough. The Browns have a little bit of a comeback in them. They almost won. <laughs> and it was a tie. And you know, that's the Super Bowl for them. I they think, won. <laughs> you know, we'll have to get into this in a later podcast, but I think ties should not be in the NFL. They're not in any other sport except the NFL, but that's something from another day. Yeah, we'll carry on. So the Le'Veon Bell, James Connor. So Connor, over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Fantasy wise, he looked great. He was the number one running back fantasy-wise. Now, I have to preface this conversation with the fact that I have him fantasy, a.k.a. I had him because I just traded him. And I only traded him because I believe in the sell-high principle and the fact that eventually Le'Veon Bell is going to come back. You just said $850,000. I don't care who you are. That's a lot of money to not see drop into your bank account each week. He's going to come back. He's going to come back by week 10. Even if they healthy scratch him, he still comes back. Then that causes a controversy at that point. But James Conner, he's the real deal. He has the ability. He has skill. And you're going to say, well, why are you saying that if you just traded him? Well, again, you sell high. But he's not Bell. He doesn't pass protect like Bell. He did have a very costly fumble that, you know, the Browns were the Browns. And for some reason, couldn't just kick the damn field goal and score and win that game. All Cleveland wants to do is open up those refrigerators full of alcohol, and no one's going to let them, apparently. (laughs) But James Conner has a lot of skill. James Conner could be your number one back if Le'Veon Bell doesn't play this year. The question is, 
Nobody knows. Nobody has a clue. The only people that know when he's coming back is Bell and his agent. And that could change tomorrow. They, they took him off the depth chart on the website. And people are reading into this. And I just think it's more like, a oh, you didn't show up. So, look, we're going to screw you over by taking you off the website. I don't think it matters. But this is just one of them situations that kind of reminds me of Zeke a little bit. I know it's a different caliber situation. But you just didn't know what was happening to Zeke last year. And I don't want that on my team. But so if you got James Conner and you could trade for somebody who's a running back one, a Zeke, a DJ, possibly even a little lower like Joe Mixon, I would do that. So speaking of Zeke, perfect transition will shift. And now we're going to talk about America's team going back to the NFC. Obviously, the Cowboys, a lot of questions offensively. Jason Witten retiring. Des Bryant no longer with the Cowboys. So, well, now they're definitely – they need a weapon X now because their (laughs) offense was not – They need a weapon A through Z. They did not have much offense last weekend. Obviously, they had a tough go in week one. So what do you think about the Cowboys right now? Obviously, they're lacking playmakers on offense, but – what do you think of the Cowboys situation? I got to tell you the truth. You know it's bad when Troy Aikman is calling that game, former Cowboy, and he is trashing the Dallas Cowboys. It, it was just sad. It was sad to watch because, you know, Zeke's a talent. He's got all the skill, but you just load the box, and there's only so much you can do. You're human. You can't run through 10 people unless apparently you're Marshawn Lynch. But Dak Prescott needs to step his game up. He, I I don't understand. One, they didn't give him any weapons. I get that. There's nobody talented in that receiving core anymore. Even though Dez was losing it, he's still better than anybody that's there at this moment. But Dak Prescott doesn't want to take a risk. He seems like he's playing high school football right now. Like That's what like, that game looked like. It looked very vanilla. It looked very high school football. Nothing over five or ten yards. Nothing too hard. No double post. No, nothing crazy there. If I'm looking at Dallas and I'm looking at anybody other than Zeke in fantasy, then I'm doing fantasy wrong. Don't touch a single player. And let's bring it back to this James Conner trade. I had to take Dak Prescott off this guy because he basically begged me to take Dak Prescott, and I instantly dropped him. You don't keep anybody on this team. There's just nobody that's worth it. Maybe if you're absolutely stuck there, you take Cole Beasley because Dak Prescott doesn't want to take shots down the field. He's basically and, one of the only guys returning for him that yeah, he has chemistry with. Yeah, and he's the only one he's returning with. And, like, I, you know what? Can we can we talk more on the fact that, like, they really shouldn't be America's team anymore? Like, I like that's what I want to talk about because – they have no talent on that offense outside of Zeke. They're really not even worth the conversation, but because they're the quote-unquote America's team, we threw them in here. We felt bad for you, Dallas. Go Eagles. Speaking of the <laughs> Eagles, we'll shift to them next. We'll stay inside the NFC East. I'm a homer. Obviously, Nick Foles will be getting the start in Week 2 when the Eagles take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wentz still out. Foles definitely wants to look better. Obviously, the defense picked them up a lot through the week one game against the Falcons, able to come through and keep them out of the end zone twice, obviously at the end of the game, but then in the middle of the game as well with a big goal line stand. So what is your dilemma here? Fantasy-wise, we'll go back and we'll we'll basically walk that line a lot through this podcast. We'll give our opinion, and then, of course, we're going to keep it all fantasy for you as well to make sure you guys are taken care of. Fantasy-wise, I mean, for Carson Carson Wentz, fantasy wise, the rumor is that he's going to be cleared for contact by Friday, which is fantastic for Eagles fans, because, I mean, let's face it. He was the MVP before he went down. I think he still had the most touchdowns or he was the second most touchdowns last year and he missed games, which was crazy to me. But 
we got a few weeks before he comes back. I don't see him coming back before week four. They're not just going to rush him out there. I think he comes back against the Tennessee Titans, to be honest, because I want him to have a game to get that rust off before he has to face the Minnesota Vikings, who we spoke about earlier. Now, if you're with Nick Foles, this is, I mean, you know, for this podcast, I can't say half the things that you know I want to say about Nick Foles that we talk (laughs) about off mic because it's just not suitable for people. I'm not a huge fan of Nick Foles. Don't get me wrong. I love this guy forever. He won me a Super Bowl. But he doesn't – it was lightning in a bottle. He doesn't have it. It's not It's not who he is. That 27-2 and two quarterback, that was a fluke as well. That's not him. What do you think? Like, what do you think of Nick Foles? Because I think everybody in the world knows I hate him, and I wanted Nate <laughs> Sudfeld to jump in that game last year. I was wrong, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, when you make it to the NFL, you're obviously doing some right with – you know, you listen to so many analysts, you know, your Skip Bayless's, your Colin Cowhorns, you know, your NFL tonight, anybody. What the Eagles' strength is, is their team. Now, yes, Carson Wentz had the chance to win MVP last year before going down. But it's the fact that, you know, football, you could label it as it's the ultimate team game. And that's what the Eagles have. Now, they have depth on both sides of the ball, and that's why Nick Foles was so successful last year because he still took some – First team snaps, he did it in the regular season towards the end of the season. It didn't matter if he looked like trash. That's kind of what happened. But he got those snaps in with the first team. And like you said, kind of lightning in a bottle. So I don't think Nick Foles is as horrible as you're saying. But it definitely, you know. And then you think of it again. You know, week one at that that Falcons-Eagles game, that almost looked like the fifth preseason game. Yeah, that was rust. And, you know, that was the first time the starters were on the field almost. But, like, it's one of those – an ugly win is a win. You want to know. That's how you have to take it. You know, I don't want to say they were lucky against the Falcons, but there was plenty of times in that game where you thought the Falcons well, could have taken the lead there and, you know, just rattled them. Yeah, let's just be very thankful that we have the defense we have. We had Nelson Aguilar catch what seemed like a billion passes for only 10 yards. And Jay Jai got his two touchdowns. We finally remembered, like, hey, let's get our big banger back in there. But – I don't know. They scare me a little bit when Nick Foles is under center because he just he doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing half the time. He seems like he reads two receivers on the play, and if those two aren't open, then it's a sack. So <laughs> we'll see what they what the Eagles can do in week two against Segway opportunity. You talked about it earlier. Lightning in a bottle with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers into the Superdome, into New Orleans, and then just absolutely going off. Whether you want to talk about it, you know, stat-wise, fantasy-wise, you want to talk about lightning in a bottle. All of a sudden, Fitzpatrick, of course, they always call him Fitzmagic. Wow. Listen, uh, uh, you people can't see it at home, but I actually X'd this out on the paper because he beat me in fantasy with Fitzpatrick. I mean, I had the Saints defense, and that was the hardest thing i've ever watched like it's fitzpatrick it shouldn't have been that hard but he went off and now he's coming in against the eagles this week and he's not doing the same thing let's be honest he's not i think he threw for four touchdowns ran in for another one that's not happening again i expect the down the earth type game the magic's dead you're gonna find out that there's been a bunny in the hat the whole time we don't need to have that again but yeah he killed my fantasy team so i put a big x on your paper Fitzpatrick obviously been a quarterback in the NFL for a long time. It's the problem when he is a consistent starter for a team, he's never looked great. But then when you needed that spot start, whether it's fantasy-wise or he's just come in and played a few games to lead the team for a four- or five-game stretch, 
He's decent enough and plays well enough to get you some wins. He's the perfect backup. He's like he's the perfect backup. There's nobody who has ever really in my mind done it better than him because he is perfect for one or two games. But then after two, three, four games, all of a sudden, like, and I know he's a really smart guy, but his brain just shuts off. I don't know what happens, and he just becomes pick city. Well, that'll do it for major news around the league and, of course, some fantasy implications and some stats thrown in there as well as we get to the waiver wire. All right, so waiver wire. Here we go. Pep, here's where it gets fun. We'll do a little oh, quick boy. hits as well. So, already, the Buffalo Bills making a change at quarterback. Obviously, Nathan Peterman, not the man they want to go with. So, here comes Josh Allen, their first-round draft pick from Wyoming. He's going to be starting this week against the Chargers. I mean, it. you had to pick anybody other than Nathan Peterman. You you just had to after that game. It, it was sad. It, was, it wasn't even the first time he's been sad in the NFL. So you just had to move on. I feel bad for Josh Allen because he's got no offensive line. He's got no weapons around him. He has Shady, but, you, again, you just put eight, nine in the box, and you can stop that pretty easily. Um, when it comes to fantasy, you are not picking Josh Allen – do not touch him. I don't care if he gets 50, 60 attempts this game. It just isn't going to be worth the interceptions that are going to come. He's playing a Chargers defense that, yes, didn't have a great first week, but they are talented even if Joey Bosa isn't on the field. So kind of a journeyman the last couple of years after his Pittsburgh days with success, Martavis Bryant now heading out west, going to be playing with the Raiders. You know, he's playing with the Raiders again, which is my favorite part of this, that they had him, they cut him, they played so terribly on Monday with wide receivers that they brought him back. Now, this makes me laugh because Gruden at one point said he wasn't even understanding the playbook, yet they brought him back. I think the Raiders are going to be atrocious this year. I think they're going to be a really bad team. I don't think Gruden has it anymore. But when it comes to Martavius Prime, he has all this talent and all the skills, and he's got all you know the X factors of it all with the, the speed and the jumping and everything, but... It doesn't translate to the field. So, again, don't don't touch him. There's The wide receiver is so deep this year that you can grab a lot better players than him. So we'll stay in the AFC West for a few more minutes. We'll shift to Denver, the rival of the, of the Oakland Raiders. Phillip Lindsay, obviously a split back, a running back system helps your team. And if you're a fan of that team, touchdown to touchdown, the wins are wins. But when you look at the fantasy side of this, Phillip Lindsay – Taking away some carries from Royce Freeman. What do you yeah, got? You want to guess who drafted Royce Freeman this year, thinking he was going to be a three-down back? Ah, oh, that's why yeah. this is a topic. Yeah, that's why it's a topic on the paper. <laughs> yeah, I made sure you know how it's highlighted in pink and red and blue, so you could see it. You know, but yeah, Philip Lindsay, I, he kind of reminds me of this year's Tariq Cohen. He seems like he's going to be the pass catcher. He'll get a couple runs, obviously, but he's going to be the pass catcher. And Royce Freeman's going to be the first and second down back. But it's just it's amazing because they talked about him in the preseason, but I feel like only people in Denver really knew about him. And Booker's out. Like, if you have Booker, drop Booker. Devon, like, he's gone. Booker's out of the situation. But it's between Phillip and it's between Royce. If you have Royce, try to handcuff it because you don't know which way you're going to go with this. So, yeah, get Phillip. Put him on your bench. If you don't have Phillip, pick him up anyway. Running back is slim this year, and you're going to need somebody. And you never know. Royce, you know, hopefully doesn't get hurt. But if he does, then he's a big back to have, Phillip. But, yeah, I would grab him and stash him and hold him. And just, hell, if somebody comes in for a trade with him, then maybe you get a nice piece. So, again, staying in that division, we're going to go and head to Kansas City. Sammy Watkins, new to the Chiefs. 
Obviously, Tyreek Hill had a great game last week, and I had him for my fantasy team. I played him, yeah, I know, I know, I know. That was awesome, but Watkins now in a new spot. Uh, You know what? Sammy Watkins, he just, he, again, another player like Martavius Bryant, has all this talent. I think he was the fourth pick when he came in. He was amazing. He has all these deep bomb threats, and you're like, oh, he's going to be fantastic. And then he's a dud almost every week. And it's too hard with Sammy Watkins to try and guess those two to three weeks that he'll have amazing games for you. Now, he's in a system with, you know, as you said, Tyreek Hill, a.k.a. the Cheetah. You have uh, Kareem Hunt. You have, you know, rolling with my homies as the quarterback now, Patrick Mahomey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to call him by his real name. But, yeah, no, it's a... Uh, it's a guy I'm going to stay away from. There's too many targets to throw that ball to, especially adding Kelsey to a completely blank on that factor, but you got Kelsey as well. Too many targets to throw to, and he just never performs well enough. So the Denver's offense, you could say, hasn't really been the same after the Peyton Manning, Brock Osweiler. You know, it, Brock. It, you know it's definitely been going through some hard hits, but Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, still there doing their thing, but third wide receiver, Cortland Sutton. You know, I really liked Cortland Sutton's game coming out of college. I thought he was really good, but it's starting to look like he might be a little bit of an afterthought for Casey Keenum. And that's the problem with the first couple of weeks when you have a new quarterback. You don't know who he flows with. And some people will try to base that off the preseason, but they don't run the same plays in the preseason. They don't do the same things in the preseason. Um, if you're stuck on a bye later in the season and you know, Denver's got a nice matchup, maybe you go there. But, again, much better plays in the receiving core in the free agency than Cortland Sutton. I probably skip that. All right, so we'll go back to the NFC. We'll head to Green Bay. Geronimo Allison obviously has been on Green Bay, has some repertoire, or, you know, some chemistry with Rodgers, but he's the third receiver behind Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. Obviously, some of his go-to guys. I mean, if you're a receiver for Aaron Rodgers, you have to get stats, right? I mean, you would, you would have to assume <laughs> – you get stats. And he had a really nice play with Rodgers that led to that score. Um, I would I would take him. I would take Geronimo Allison. I think they're going to be throwing a decent amount here because I don't believe in any of the running backs in Green Bay. And the Vikings are going to bottle up the run anyway. So I would be a big fan of Geronimo. And to be completely honest, I'm picking this one with my heart because I totally want to name my kids Geronimo. I think that is the like, – which parents had a child and in the room said, my kid's getting named Geronimo. So he's one of my favorite players in the league just because of his name. So Geronimo, if you're listening, what's up? We could be friends. All right. So hopefully <laughs> the passion of – Favorite name transfers over <laughs> to fantasy points if you want to pick him up on the waiver wire. Last offensive guy, we are a couple more to talk about. We'll talk about Marlon Mack. Injury from the Indianapolis Colts now coming back. Obviously, the Colts haven't found their, you know, haven't hit the ground running. Obviously, you still have T.Y. Hilton. Andrew Luck is back. What are you looking for from Mack? So did you do that on purpose, haven't hit the ground running as a running back? Because that was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty I'll proud be of that. honest. I yeah. didn't think of that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I, 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 was, I was impressed. I'm going to say you did it on purpose. I appreciate it. But <laughs> Marlon Mack, uh, I'm not touching a back in, in Indianapolis unless you let me go in a time machine and I can get Edgerton James or Marshall Falk or you know anybody like that. I just – I, they don't run the ball well. They have a bad line. They never really run. And their back that catches the ball is Hines. So 
I'm not touching Marlon Mack. Andrew Luck's going to throw every week, I think, 50 times, and 25 of them are going to go to T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle anyway. So, yeah, don't touch Marlon Mack. You're better off. To the NFC South, we already talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do. Deshaun Jackson on the other side of that. Plenty of fantasy points, a couple touchdowns as well, but not cleared to play, now injured. So you look at Chris Godwin. Yeah, I mean, if D-Jack is out, and I mean, it's not even the shoulder, it's the concussion protocol that everyone's worried about because they're saying he's having some trouble getting through that. But you got to assume that they're going to throw the ball a lot. Like Peyton Barber's okay, and Ronald Jones, I, he was a healthy scratch, so he didn't even play last week. But I think it rests on the shoulders of Fitzpatrick. And, yes, Mike Evans is the first option, but the Sean Jackson had a hell of a game last week. And if he's gone – Chris Godwin can do the same exact things. Chris Godwin was up there to actually take the Sean Jackson's role. And I think they just did a whole seniority wins type thing in Tampa Bay. So I would actually grab Chris Godwin in daily fantasy leagues, but not in a year long fantasy league. So this week in DraftKings and in FanDuel, I might grab him because he's a little bit cheaper and you have to stay under the salary cap, but I'm only touching him in DFS. So we'll shift to the other side of the ball. So your defense got torched. Your Saints did not do well. Your Buccaneers (laughs) defensive-wise did not do well. Your Buffalo Bills did not do well. So you're looking at the defensive side of the ball. Obviously a tale of two halves in the winner-loss column with the Chicago Bears. Hey, is Khalil Mack going to come in and make an impact? Obviously he did. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Plenty of fantasy points if you had the Bears defense last week. Also the Redskins, they played a weaker team in the Arizona Cardinals. Sam Bradford, obviously not the strongest quarterback to face. But nonetheless, the Redskins had a solid game defensively. The Bears picked up plenty of points on turnovers as well. A couple of shaky defenses that you would maybe want to think about and replace with the Bears or the Redskins. I I mean, you know, again, it's week one. I I don't read too much into it. Yes, the Saints had a terrible game, but I don't think they're going to be that bad every single time. I, I wouldn't pick up the Redskins. Again, they may be a good streamer option here and there on your bye. But you know who I would touch? The Chicago Bears. They were a top 10 defense last year, and they didn't have Mac last year. They didn't have the rookie Roquan Smith running around back there. They're a better team. Now, yes, it's a shame what happened. They ran out of gas. They lost to the Packers. But don't be fooled. That defense, especially when Khalil Mack is game ready and is in there all the time, that's going to be a defense that you don't want to mess with. But if he's on your team, you're going to love it. So I'm a big fan of Chicago being on my team, but that's only if you truly believe that like your Saints defense is terrible or the Chargers defense is going to be char- terrible. You drafted your defense for a reason. Give it another week or two. So now we'll shift. Stay with the waiver wire, but now we're going to look at our best pickups, our prime pickups, who you want on your team if they're there. We'll start with Greg Kittle or George Kittle, excuse me. Tight end for the 49ers. Well, I definitely don't want Greg Kittle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm almost certain he's not playing this week. But hey, George Kittle – it amazes me that he's only on, I think at last I looked, it was 67% of leagues in ESPN, which is amazing to me. Now, again, I want to say this as the dummy who dropped George Kittle for a different tight end that we'll talk about later. But yeah, George Kittle looked like he was a main option for Jimmy G, Mr. GQ, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you, you match that off with the fact that Marquise Goodwin might be out of the game and there's not really many options in that passing game. They also don't have Jared McKinnon. They're, they're suffering already with injuries. 
George Kittle looks like he's going to get a lot of targets to him this year, and I was dumb enough to drop him. Somebody got back to him before I could, so now I have to actually face him this week. So let's hope he starts doing good after week two. So we'll combine these next two quickly. Monday night, the first game, Lions, Jets, definitely surprised a lot of people. Sam Donald. Sam Donald going on the road to Detroit, your debut in a Monday night football game. And who's he hooking up with the most? Quincy Inunua, probably a guy you weren't thinking of or probably even thinking that Donald wouldn't even have this great game. Well, focus on Inunua. Had a solid game for New York. What do you think of his game, and what can he bring to fantasy owners? All right, so Quincy Inunua is another person that falls in the category of I just really love your name. So, But to be honest, he is he's the possession receiver in that to out, out of those two of him and Robbie Anderson, he's the possession rece- receiver. Robbie Anderson's the home run hitter. Quincy Inunua's built like a running back, a tight end. He's thick. He's big. And he's going to catch everything over the middle. Nobody remembers him from last year because he was dealing with a neck injury, but he has some talent. And Sam showed you that, like, he's decent. I mean, as of that first pick six, which if anybody was in the house with me at that point saw me do backflips because I thought I was going to get a nice, easy win in fantasy. It didn't happen. But, uh, yeah, I think Quincy's got a lot of skill, and I think the Jets' defense is something to be reckoned with. So, one last good pickup. Another guy that you had a shaky start last week. We'll <laughs> it was a rough week. We'll go with Jared Cook. Had a solid game against the Rams, despite the Rams coming back and just absolutely annihilating them in the second half. But Jared Cook for the Raiders. All right, so Jared Cook for the Raiders. Uh, yeah, should have picked him up. Again, picked up somebody else, and I was staring at Jared Cook. And the thing with Jared Cook is, like, he gives you this one or two games, and then he's just mundane for the rest of them. And he never really does anything. And I said to myself, I was like, the Rams, they have great cornerbacks. They're going to stop the receivers. So down the middle is going to be open. Should have went with Jared Cook. I didn't listen. He blew up. He has a really easy schedule in the next couple of weeks. I believe the tight end position, if you don't have Gronk, Ertz, or Kelsey, is actually streamable for every last week. You could change it each and every week. I think Jared Cook's somebody you should use. Use him for the next couple of weeks and be proud that you're going to get a decent amount of points in the top eight tight end in fantasy. So now looking towards Jacksonville staying in the AFC, TJ Yeldon. I picked him up, though. (laughs) Obviously, a lot of news there with the whole Fournette injury. TJ Yeldon, can he be your running back one? Uh, I mean, look, if Leonard Fournette's injured in this game, then TJ, like, he he just – he pops up into the top 15 running backs for this week. Definitely, definitely realize that. And as I look down at my paper, I realize I wrote Ty on it. Yeah, so thank you for reading that correctly. But um, He's right there with Greg Kittle. Yeah, he's right there with Greg Kittle. But uh, – yeah, so he's got ability. And let's I, here's the thing, exercise science-wise. Hamstrings on big, powerful, yet explosive backs, once they get hurt, that can be an issue. Fournette needs that. You need that to drive. You need that to push. You need that for your explosion. So this could come back. This is somebody I think if you get yelled in, you stash that guy. I have him on my IR because I have an IR spot right now, and I'm keeping him there. Because I think this comes up a few times for Fournette this year, and I'll have a chance to have a couple games from a running back who you know, I didn't even draft who could end up being an RB2, maybe an RB1, depending on the situation. All right, so there is your waiver wire. Players to add, defenses to add. So if you're going to add somebody, you got to drop them. Drops of the week, go for it. 
All right, so we're going to do the first drop of the week, and this is the tight end. I thought, man, is he going to have a game, and I was so wrong. I have no issues with telling you when I was wrong and I screwed up. Charles Clay. I mean, it's Buffalo. It's Peterman's the quarterback. There's no real talent out there. You're wondering, if can they even get the ball down the field? It's a bad offensive line. So I'm thinking five and out. You know, you're coming across the middle real quick. I'm thinking Charles Clay ends up with like, 10 to 12 targets at least. And I'll take a high volume tight end every week if it works out. Yeah, he he laid me a goose egg. He got me zero. 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 Charles Clay, you are never coming on my team again. All you do is burn me, and all I do is have high hopes for you. If you have Charles Clay, drop him. You don't know if the rookie quarterback likes him, if they have rapport together. Just move on. So we talked about the Cowboys a little bit earlier. Obviously, offensive issues. What are you doing with any other guys on the offense? We're going to keep this one real, real quick here. If their name's not Ezekiel Elliott, you don't have them. Now we can go to the next one. So we go to the Cardinals. You have Larry Fitzgerald, longtime guy. I mean, he seems like he can catch and put up points just until he's 90 if he wanted to, I feel like. I, I feel like Larry Fitzgerald's never going to retire, even though every year he says he's going to retire. This is another situation that if you don't have – David Johnson, and you don't have Larry Fitzgerald. The only other player I thought about today was Ricky Seals Jones. And that's again because I said tight ends are streamable. Otherwise, I'm not touching Sam Bradford. I'm not touching any of the other receivers. I don't want their defense at the moment. So, yeah, give me DJ, give me Larry Fitz, give me Ricky Seals Jones. Again, another player who does a great name, by the way. But that's about it. Got a couple more guys further down on depth charts around the league. Who do you got in the, to finish out the drops? Uh, I mean, you have Ronald Jones. He's a healthy scratch. That scares you. Now, there's a couple of people who believe in Ronald Jones, but I just don't. So I'm not a huge fan of him. I'm looking uh Corey Clement as well. Corey Clement as well. You know, Philadelphia Eagle running back. But this is a hard one. I don't know. Corey Clement could be really good. However, I do think it's Jay Jai who's going to have the better year of the two at the moment. I don't like how Clement looked in past blocking situations, so I'm dropping him. Uh, Royce Freeman, you don't drop him. He's the Denver Broncos running back. Yeah, he's in the timeshare, and we talked about this already. But you just don't drop Royce Freeman. You draft them too high for that, and you don't panic this quickly. Josh, Do- Job, uh, Josh Doxon. There we go. I can finally talk again. Josh Doxon, he's the receiver for the Washington Redskins. I'm not touching him. I didn't see much from the receiving core. I saw a lot of Jordan Reed. And, you know, if you have him, kudos to you. But I don't need Josh Doxon. And the other person I'm dropping is Chris Ivory. Everybody picked him up because of this whole shady nonsense with all the, you know, legal issues. Um, He wasn't even the backup. It wasn't even him. They brought somebody else in afterwards. So, yeah, Chris Ivory of the Buffalo Bills, yeah, you just go ahead. You hit the little negative sign right there, subtraction, get them off your team, and that'll be a subtraction sign that you'll be happy about in a few weeks. There you go, your waiver wire and your drops and ads. Two. All right, so our final segment, kind of a little bit of a head-to-head pick them. Who do you think is going to do better now? This is strictly going to be fantasy-wise. We're not worried so much as to which team will overall win and get the W, but just fantasy points, head-to-head matchups. We'll dive right into Thursday night. Good rivalry game, in-division game. It's going to be the Ravens. It's going to be the Bengals. Bengals will be home in Cincinnati. And the matchup we're going to choose, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton. Who do you think has more points fantasy-wise? 
right. Well, I, I do think the Ravens end up winning this game regardless. But I, when it comes to this and it comes to the quarterbacks, and neither of them are really the most supremely talented players, I look around them. I look at which defense they're facing. I look at their targets around them. Flacco has John Brown. Flacco has Crabtree. Flacco has Willie Sneed, your favorite player in history. I don't know why he hates some people. I really don't. But, yeah, I don't believe in the Bengals' defense as much. So I'm going to go with Joey Flacco to win with more fantasy points. And we're going to keep track of this all year, by the way, to see how well I do. Yes. So now back to the AFC. We'll stay there. We'll head to the west. We'll head my high stadium in Denver. Royce Freeman, Marshawn Lynch, another rivalry game. This is a little bit harder, but I do think the Broncos are going to get the win. The problem is that Royce is now kind of in the timeshare, and I can't, I just can't put my faith in the fact that he's going to win in fantasy points. And you know me, I'm competitive. I want to hit all these and get every single one right and go undefeated. So I'm going to go with Marshawn Lynch, and I'm going to say Marshawn Lynch wins. So we'll shift Foles, Fitzpatrick, Eagles will be on the road in Tampa Bay. You already talked about Nick Foles, and you weren't high on him earlier, but now fantasy-wise, Foles, Fitzpatrick, who has more points at the end? Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, I mean, Fitzpatrick from the Buccaneers is, you know, he's just a little bit of a he's a backup, but so is Foles. But Fitzpatrick actually showed some talent. So fantasy point-wise, I think they're going to sling it all over the place because I do think we're going to have the lead regardless of what's going on. So I'm going to pick Fitzpatrick to have the higher amount of points. Another quarterback battle. Had a few of them already. We'll go to another quarterback battle. Matthew Stafford, does he bounce back? I'm sure he upset not just Detroit natives, but fantasy owners everywhere. upset me. I'm sure. On the road. Now, he won't hear the Boo Birds of Detroit. Those will be cheers if he has another performance like he did, but he'll be in San Francisco. So we'll go Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo. Man, I'm not picking with my heart here, but I just don't think Stafford could do that again. I have him in fantasy. Yes, I know. Everybody blew us up on Instagram afterwards. He has talent. He has four years in a row of 4,000 yards. Like You you just can't. That doesn't just happen. Jimmy G, he's the, the book's still out for me on him. I, I don't really have the faith in him. I like the weapons of the Lions. He has Golden Tate. He has Kenny Galladay. He has Marvin Jones. He has the 19,000 running backs that they never run with back there, but they do throw them the ball. So, yeah, I'm going to go Matthew Stafford to win that one. And quick note for these pick names, we're going PPR-wise. So yes. strictly full PPR. Full PPR league. So sorry we didn't mention that before, but that's what we're going with. So we'll shift to the next one. Another quarterback battle. Patrick Mahomes, first start on the road, and he will be in Pittsburgh. Not an easy place to play. Still rolling with my homie. I got to roll it. Listen, the man just loves to throw that deep ball, and he's got a cannon. I cannot fight against cannon. Ben Roethlisberger is coming in with now an elbow injury. You're having all this Le'Veon Bell craziness going around the team. Uh, I think the Steelers' defense is just worse than the Chiefs' defense, so I think Mahomes slings it around again, and I think Mahomes gets another three-touchdown type game. Running back battle. Now you have a couple here. So we'll shift with the Jets, Bilal Paul and Isaiah Crowell. That tandem, Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore. All right. So 
I really want to pick Kenyon Drake just because I called him Kanye for the first couple games, not realizing I had his name wrong. But um, no, I'm going to stick with Pal, with uh, Pal, and I'm going to stick with Coel on the Jets. I just think they're the better tandem. I think they're going to have the lead. But as you saw, Pal still got a lot of runs when they had the lead. He's my favorite of the four if I have to pick just one. But as a tandem, I say Crowell and Powell both got a touchdown. So we'll shift to the other side of the ball. We'll go the defensive side. Browns defense, you know, kind of held up against the Steelers, only giving up 21 points, kept them in the game. The offense was able to come back. Saints defense obviously gave up a ton of points, yeah, but they return been. back to the Superdome. Can Tyrod Taylor kind of gash that defense on the road in New Orleans? Browns defense, Saints defense, who do you think does better? You know, I think it's amazing that I get it. The Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns, and they're the joke of pretty much everything. But this defense is legit, and people need to stop sleeping on them. You need to stop sleeping on Miles Garrett. You're going to wear that jersey. There's a side bet that's a long story for another day. Honestly, points-wise, though, I think the Saints defense are going to win this, and I just think it's going to be because T-Mobile, Tyrod Taylor, I just – I don't think he has it. I I think this is the game where he really screws things up because he didn't really have a great game. He had a great game fantasy-wise, but not a great game NFL-wise. I think this is the game. And then next week, we're going to be talking about Baker Mayfield. All right. So, tight end battle. We have Washington. We have the Indianapolis Colts. Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron. Washington side of things. Jordan Reed, of course, always a... Threat to be, you know, have a concussion. (laughs) Definitely injury-prone over the years, but... Barring, you never you never want to see any player hurt. Fantasy-wise, who do you have leading in the points? Well, I'm going to just let everybody know now, this is the first year I haven't drafted Jordan Reed, so he's going to be healthy. I guarantee that. I can You can bring that to the bank. But I think Jordan Reed's going to have the most points. Alex Smith loves his tight ends, always has in Kansas City, loves him again in Washington after that first game. And, yeah, Andrew Luck does love Jack Doyle. Eric Ebron did have a touchdown. But I really do think that the receiving core of the Colts with Ryan Grant and T.Y. Hilton takes away from the tight ends more than the receiving core of the Washington Redskins take away from Jordan Reed. So I'm going to go with Jordan Reed. So we'll head back to West New York, heading to Buffalo. Now, there's always, you know, talk with these kind of things, you know, can the West Coast teams or, you know, the Southern teams, hot weather teams or dome teams, as you will, going over across and now playing in a cold environment. It's still September. It's not going to be frigid cold in Buffalo, but the Chargers will be on the road to take on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills will be home. We shift to the running back matchup and a good one, Melvin Gordon, Shady McCoy. All right. Well, first things first, a little tangent on the side note. Um, I didn't know that Buffalo was in New York until I was about 11 years old. I just want everyone to know that. Thank God I'm a little pretty. But, yeah, 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 yikes. Hashtag yikes. But, um, yeah, like you said, warm weather teams don't do well in the cold usually. But it is September. I don't see it being a 10-degree game and a blizzard. I don't see the Bills doing anything regardless. It could be negative 130, and I still think the Bills are going to lose by 40. So I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon. I think he gets two touchdowns, and I think he does so well that Austin Eckler comes in midway through that game to take over the role. So we get down to Green Bay. We go to Lambeau Field. We talked about Aaron Rodgers earlier. So far, it looks like he probably will play. We have our matchup, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, taking on the Vikings in Lambeau Field. Another great rivalry. 
All right, so you got the best in the world, basically, versus Kirk Cousins, who I predict in the beginning of the year to be a top five fantasy quarterback. So I got to stick with my pick here. I got I can't I can't jump ship yet. I just can't. Rodgers coming off the injury, like I said, I think he has like a mediocre game because it's a better defense. The Vikings. But I don't believe the Packers' defense, as good as they are, I don't think they're at that level yet. I still think Kirk Cousins gets two touchdowns, maybe three, with 300 and something yards on on top of that. Going to the NFC South, division game, rivalry game, Carolina Panthers on the road at the Atlanta Falcons. Not too much offense for the Panthers last week, only beating the Cowboys 16-8. to but our matchup is going to be focused on the running backs, Christian McCaffrey for Carolina, Devontae Freeman for Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were high on CMC. If you don't know what CMC is, that's Christian McCaffrey. But a lot of people were high on Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Matthew Berry, my arch nemesis, was on there. He was <laughs> huge with them, said he's a workhorse. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I think he wins, but I think he wins by default. And just because Freeman's knee is injured, and I think they're going to use Tevin Coleman a lot, and I don't like the side with Matthew Berry. He called me out on Twitter that one time. My Twitter never stopped for three days after that. But, yeah, I think McCaffrey wins by default. I just don't see him as a great back. I think he's a great catcher, but he just hasn't handled the running back part of it as well yet. AFC South matchup. Tennessee will host the Houston Texans. Corey Davis, Lamar Miller, fantasy points. Who gets more? Well, you know what? In this case, Delaney Walker's out now for the season, which is such a hurt piece for Tennessee. But you also have Super Mario, Marcus Mariota. He's also coming with an injury now. I can't trust Corey Davis. He was supposed to get all these targets. But with Mariota hurt, I, I, I don't trust it. I believe the backup's Bortles there. And I don't trust him, obviously. Not Bortles. I'm sorry, Gabbert. I always mix those two up. <laughs> Gabbert. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not trusting him. Give me the three down back and Lamar Miller. I think they're going to ground and pound all day after they get up by 21. So give me Lamar Miller, and I'll take that as an easy win. Going to the NFC West, yeah, Brandon Cooks, new receiver in L.A., and Mr. Old Reliable, Larry Fitzgerald. What do you got? Look, uh Larry Fitz's home and away splits are just not what I like. And right now he's uh he's away. So I'm I'm gonna stay away from Larry Fitzgerald. I'm gonna go to Brandon Cooks. I think he, you know, he's always up there in targets, it looks like with these Rams through the preseason games, through everything. It looks like his position gets the targets a lot. So I'm going to I'm gonna aim at Brandon Cooks. I'm gonna take an easy win there because I don't also trust Sam Bradford. So yeah, Brandon Cooks. AFC Championship rematch. Jaguars will be home. Tom Brady, Jacksonville defense. First time it's not the matching position here. So what do you think of this matchup? Obviously, Jaguars, one of the top defenses in the league. Brady, one of the best ever. What do you got? Yeah, I snuck this one in, and I could just watch your head explode as you were reading that before it came on the camera. A little fun for me. But you know what? I'm going to say, like, we're not going to do fantasy points here because defense versus quarterback isn't fair. I'm going to do an over-under of one and a half interceptions. I think he goes over. I think this game that Brady, like, I know he's Tom Brady. He's amazing. He's a goat. He's got a beautiful wife, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. This defense is amazing. Every time you're watching Red Zone, oh, let's pop in to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars get another six points for the team on defense. They are legit. They are a monster. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville defense to get over one and a half interceptions. Bold prediction, and 
We're going to keep Pepe oh. accountable. <laughs> and we will circle back to all of this in our next episode. And we'll go through game by game and the breakdowns. And we'll have new ones for you as we go along. Final matchup. Monday Night Football. Bears. Seattle. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen tandem, or Chris Carson and Rashard Penny for Seattle. Final one, Bears will be home on that Monday night. Back-to-back primetime games, by the way. So, yeah, I think I'm going to pick Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. I like Chris Carson. I don't really like Rashard Penny. I you know, dropped him after I drafted him, actually. I think the better talent wins out in Chicago. Jordan Howard looked amazing. Tariq Cohen is uh, Matt Nagy's new little Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I think they're going to score a lot of points, and it's not going to be a high-scoring matchup before the four of these guys, but, yeah, I definitely think they're going to score a lot of points on the backs because I don't see the receivers doing much in this game for either team. So that will do it for the first episode of NFL Fantasy Guru. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Pep? Are you ready for week two? I'm ready for week two. I'm going to get every one of these right, too. So we're going to hold him accountable to that. Don't worry if he's wrong. We will broadcast it to the fullest. And we hope you are right with all of your guesses. And we wish you a big win in your fantasy football lineup this week. So how to follow us, how to stay in touch with us on Instagram, Real NFL Guru. And also you can follow sports underscore talk line on Instagram to follow the guru himself. Joe Peppy at jpep20 on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me, Joe Sindoni, on Twitter at Joe Broadcaster. We'll have this podcast available for you on Apple Music and Spotify. And the complete URL is anchor.fm slash real NFL guru. Week two kicks off in Cincinnati, Ravens, Bengals. We hope you enjoy and tune in. And of course, we'll have week two and podcast episode number two coming up for you next week. Now, for all of us here at NFL Guru and Sports Talk Line, for Joe Pepe, I'm Joe Sandoni. We'll see you next week.